Jeremiah is called to speak for the Lord in the first reading. The first reading is from the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, Oh, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of the Lord. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus casts out demons and and heals uh, many folks. Please rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke in the fourth chapter. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But Jesus rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him, and they would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This is the gospel of the Lord. This is probably the only time you're ever going to hear this from me. But some of you today don't need to listen to this sermon. Okay, so you have my permission to, to check out, you know, to start thinking about what's going to happen later today or whatever. But I've identified five categories of people that do need to listen this morning. Okay, so I'm going to read those to you. The first one is... If you've ever doubted your ability to be a witness for Christ, then you might want to listen today. Or maybe you might want to listen if you've ever felt like you had nothing to offer. 
that maybe you weren't so valuable or that you were maybe even feeling kind of worthless. You need to listen if you've ever doubted God's love for you. Okay? If you've ever felt like just chucking it all, you need to pay attention today. And the fifth group is you need to listen if you've ever wondered if life was worth living, that maybe there was just no purpose to your life. Now, the rest of you, you, can, you don't have to pay attention. Okay. I want to start with, um, with Jeremiah. And I want to start with, with God's call to him because God had called him to greatness. God had called him to do great things, to be a prophet to the nations, to oversee the tearing down and the destruction of nations and then the building up of nations. That's pretty awesome. And that's what God was calling him to do. But Jeremiah resisted that. Remember what he said? Oh, I don't know how to talk. I'm too young. He doubted his ability to be able to do that job. He didn't think he was worthy. He didn't think he was capable. A lot of self-doubt that he had. And maybe, maybe he doubted God a little bit. Maybe he wondered, well, what happens if I do this? And, and we're talking about pretty powerful people. And what if, well, what if God doesn't have my back? What if he just kind of hangs me out there and you know, I get in trouble? So maybe he was just a little afraid. Whether the doubts were about himself or about God, doesn't make a difference. Maybe he even doubted whether God really loved him or that God cared. But for whatever reason, he was afraid and didn't think he could do the job. Of course, then what did God say? Don't tell me you're too young. I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me you can't talk. I'll give you the words. But remember when he made that call on Jeremiah, what he said to him, he started with this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you or I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Heart, or in other translations, I consecrated you. Jeremiah, before you were even conceived, I already knew you. I already chose you. Before you were born, I had a purpose for you, and I set you apart for that purpose. Do you think that I'm going to just put you out there and not be there for you? Do you think that I'm going to give you something to do that I don't equip you to do? I will give you the words. I will put my words in your mouth. And I will be with you to deliver you, to rescue you. Jeremiah, I got your back. You can do this. Encouraging words, certainly. For Jeremiah. 
Well, God has called you to greatness too. Jesus said to his disciples one time when he was talking about um, he and the Father being one and, and, and what we saw Jesus do were things that came from the Father. And then he told his disciples, he said, and you will do even greater things than these because I'm going back to the Father and you're going to be here. That's God's call on you. You're going to do greater things. And so he has called you to do those great things, to speak for him and to stand up for him. But like Jeremiah, there's a certain amount of resistance in us for whatever reason. And we might say, well, I'm too young to really know enough to do anything. Or we might say, well, I'm too old because my time has passed and I really can't do anything anymore. Or we might say, I'm too busy. I got so much going on. I'm trying to support my family and I, got to, I have to work two jobs and I got all this going on and I just don't have time. We might not say that right out, but it runs through our minds. And we come up with these objections and then maybe we just say, but Lord, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what am I going to say? And maybe we become just a little bit fearful too. And we wonder, but what are people going to think if I say something? What's going to happen? Am I going to get in trouble for saying something? And just like God said to Jeremiah, he says to us, no, wait a minute, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that you're too young or too old. I don't want to hear that you're too busy. I don't want to hear that you don't know what to say. What did he say to Jeremiah? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And he says that to us. Before you were conceived, I knew you. I chose you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart for a purpose. And I will tell you what to say. I will put the words in your mouth. I will equip you. I will show you what you can do. And I will make sure that you're able to do it. And I'm not going to hang you out to dry. I'm not going to leave you out there by yourself. I will be with you, he says. That call to greatness belongs to each one of us. And so I'm thinking about all that stuff, and, and, and I'm thinking, okay, how do we really know? How do we really know that God loves us enough that he's going to be there, that he's going to watch out for us, that he's going to have our backs? Because we can read what he says, but that doesn't always sink in the same way. We can read in the scriptures that he loves us, but that doesn't become so personal. We can read a chapter like 1 Corinthians 13, that great love chapter, and not, realizing, not realize that he's talking about his love for us as well. We can read where Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. 
But that's not necessarily going to sink in the same way. So how do we know? Well, God gave us an example, something tangible that we could see. And so he sent his son, God in the flesh came, to show us what that looks like. And we saw that in today's lesson. What did we see? We saw Jesus going out and driving out an unclean spirit or a demon or whatever you want to call it out of that man. We saw him go to Peter's mother-in-law and heal her. And then we saw him as they brought all these people to him that evening and he healed all kinds of ailments. But notice how he did it. He did it one-on-one. He went to each person. And it says, and he laid his hands on them. Probably looked them in the eye at the same time. And healed them. But by doing it that way, he's saying, this is for you. Because you matter to me. And he showed them one by one how much he loved them and how much he cared about them. And notice he also healed them according to their needs, whatever the need was. Driving out a demon, did that. Healing a fever, did that. Whatever the other ailments that the people brought with them, he healed that. And you know, it doesn't say what those ailments were, but they may not have all been physical ailments. There may have been people that were just crushed by by feelings of insecurity that he healed. There may be people that were just filled with with doubt and and a feeling of worthlessness that he healed. There may have been people just, just overwhelmed by loneliness in their lives and feeling like, maybe I should just chuck it all. Maybe life's not worth living. Maybe he healed people like that but he did it one-on-one. And he's done that for you, too. At some point in your life, there's been something that you had to face. For most of us, a lot more than once. And it may have been physical, but it may have been a time of despair. A time that we really hurt. And Jesus was there and showed you that he loved you and that he cared about you, and that he was watching out for you. But he does it one by one. And it's like he lays his hands on you, and he says, I care about you, and I want you to be okay. So God has called us to do great things for him, greater things than he did. And he's got our back. From the beginning of time, he has known you. When he was giving his life up on the cross, he was thinking about you. He loves you. And he won't leave you alone when you're doing what he wants you to do. So, now... It's time for all of you who checked out to come back, okay? (laughs) All right? Because what I have to say now is for everybody. It's for everybody. Because we are gathered here as Emmanuel Lutheran Church.
And God has called us to do great things. Greater things than Jesus did, so he says. He's called us to greatness. Not necessarily in the world's eyes. Not so that we can be famous and, and you know, and be proud of what we do. But to be great, to do great things for him and in, in his eyes. Remember one time when Jesus said, He who would be great among you must be your servant. In one of the responses early in this service, it talked about the fatherless and the widow and the oppressed. You know the words poor and oppressed appear almost 300 times in the scriptures. And it goes up from there if you add justice, fatherless, widow, He's called us to do great things, but to be great, we need to be the servants. But he equips us to do those things. He doesn't just say, I want you to do this, and then leaves us hanging out. He says, I want you to do great things for me. And to use the words that he used for Jeremiah, thinking about Emmanuel, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I chose you. You see, from the beginning, God knew we'd be sitting here. He knew we'd be here. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. And that always means for a purpose. So God knew this was going to happen all along. And he has a purpose for us to do great things. And each one of you, one by one, has a part in that. Because God set you apart as individuals. And now he's put you in this place, in this Congregation that he has set apart for a purpose. So let me encourage you, and this is a plug for the mission development groups. If you have not already attended one of those groups, to at least have some input into what that purpose is for here, please sign up for one. See, I took your announcement away from you, Bob. So, Please sign up for one. Because God has called us to greatness. God has a plan for us. He has chosen us. He has set us apart. And he says, I will equip you. I will put the words in your mouth. And I will be with you. Amen.